Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Our Boston Bruins picked up a point last night against the New Jersey Devils. We'll get into all that and answer some of your mailbag questions here in a moment. But before we do, quick reminder to please smash that subscribe button if you have not done so already. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy Monday to Friday here on Locked On Boston Bruins, brand new episodes each day. Also, if you are on Twitter, you can follow along at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, we're at Locked On Bruins. And you can find me and my hockey tweets and dad jokes at Ian C. McLaren. The Bruins, like I said, lost 4 3 in overtime on Tuesday night to the Devils in New Jersey. Uh, Igor Sharangovich tied the game with 7.19 remaining, and Pavel Zaka ended it on a delayed penalty at 2.43 in overtime, his second goal of the game, and uh, that was kind of the story in this one. Bruins penalty trouble. They uh, were often in the penalty box and weren't really able to find a flow in this one. Uh, There was some talk about, you know, There may have been a letdown in intensity for the Bruins after they had already clinched a spot in the playoffs the previous night. Uh, Sean Corrali said the team talked about that. You could make excuses all you want. You could find one every night if you want. That's not really what the Bruins are about. They made the playoffs. You can spin it any way you want, but just turn the page every night. That's what we're pretty good at no matter what happens the night before. Speaking of Corrali, he did score his second goal in three games as the Bruins' new-look third line continued its strong play. Uh, Corrali, Charlie Coyle, and Nick Ritchie had a number of chances, and Corrali finished one off midway through the third, uh, but on a David Pasternak feed, and um, the Bruins had a 3-2 lead at that point with about 9-18 left. Corrali said he was at the end of a shift, saw Pasta out there, gave him the puck, went to the net, and good things happen when he's on the ice. Figured he'd make a read, and tonight it worked out. Speaking of Charlie Coyle, he missed the final frame with an undisclosed injury. After appearing to get hit by a shot late in the second period off the stick of Brandon Carlo, Cassidy did not have an update after the game other than to say he's getting looked at. Hopefully he's okay. He's been playing some pretty good hockey, Corrali added. It's been fun to play with him. And Richie, losing him definitely puts a wrench in things. I've got to mix it up. The three of them had felt pretty good together, but there's a lot of really good players on this team. Uh, Jake DeBrusque stepped up and did his thing, played well, but obviously hoping Coyle is all right and um, that he's able to return to the lineup as soon as Uh, tomorrow night against the New York Rangers. Speaking of returns to the lineup, Brandon Carlo played for the first time since April 1st after missing 18 games with an oblique injury. Uh, The blue liner finished with three shots on goal, one hit in 20 minutes and 51 seconds of ice time, and reported no 
ill effects after the game. He said he felt pretty good, felt like he was seeing the ice pretty well. Uh, depending on the partner he was out there with, was moving the puck out of the zone pretty well. It was great to get touches and hear every guy's voice on the ice, he said. And uh, he said it takes some time to get back to game action, of course, but overall he didn't feel like he's too far off. Carlo played with both Matt Grizzlick and Mike Riley for extended periods on Tuesday as the Bruins try to find their right pairings heading into the offseason. Uh... Carlos said there are two guys he can see himself pairing well with. They're great puck movers. Feels very comfortable with either of them. Obviously, he knows Grizz a little bit better, but um, Mike Riley can easily step in and um, kind of fill a similar role to Grizzlick. One of the stories from this one was uh, Yaroslav Halak. He was making his first start in over a month. He stopped 17 of 21 shots for an 8-10 save percentage. So if you started him last night in fantasy, uh, I apologize. You probably aren't going to win your matchup this week. But, you know, he had been off for a while due to COVID-19, as well as, you know, just giving up some starts to Jeremy Swayman. And after the game, after the overtime goal went in, he was visibly upset. He was smashing his stick against uh, the post, against the glass. And it's a tough one for him because he has been so solid for the Bruins over the last few seasons. He has been like a 1A, 1B situation with Tuka Rask. But at the moment, it appears as though uh, he may have given up his spot to Jeremy Swayman and it's it's obviously tough because he didn't have a choice being out he was on the COVID list for some time um, and I, I do feel for him but it may be that his time as Boston's number two uh, has expired perhaps we'll get into that more into the mailbag section here but I uh, just wanted to mention his play and his reaction after the game as it was a pretty big talking point. And a lot of Bruins fans, you know, there were some who were uh, criticizing him. Some saying that, you know, they would have won if, if Swayman had started or if Rask had started. Uh, and, you know, that's possibly true, maybe probably true. But at the end of the day, uh, Halak, you know, has earned the right to at least get a start, see if he's able to put up the kind of... Uh, you know, goaltending that he has in the past for this team, um, but I'm not quite sure they're able to rely on him moving forward and into the playoffs. But again, we'll get into that here in the mailbag section. Uh, just a couple other stats to note. The Bruins were led in shots on goal in this one by Patrice Bergeron, who had seven uh, he was followed by Sean Corrali with four, and Brandon Carlo, his three shots on goal were tied with Craig Smith and Charlie Coyle. Of course, Coyle's three shots came in only uh, the two periods uh, as he missed the third due to injury there. Uh, the goal scorers, like I mentioned, Bergeron, Corrali, and Taylor Hall also scored after one kind of deflected off his uh, nether regions and into the back of the net. There was a coach's challenge. It was... Um, upheld, and you could see by Taylor Hall's reaction that he was very excited to contribute uh, to the Bruins once again. In 13 games with Boston, he now has six goals, five assists for 11 points. He had 19 points in 37 games, 
with the Buffalo Sabres earlier this season. His two goals, 17 assists. He now has three times as many goals as he did in Buffalo in like a third of the game. So uh, we're very lucky to have Taylor Hall, and I'm very glad that he's a member of the Boston Bruins and a contributing member to boot. Before we get to the mailbag section, let's talk for a moment about Locker Room. Like I said, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting another room for Locked On Boston Bruins once a week. And yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Just download the free Locker Room app, currently available on iOS devices, also on Android in beta form. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Locked On Bruins to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss joining me to chat. I'm planning to be live this week, and I'll let you know exactly when that will be. But I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Bruins. See you there at Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. We got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. If you haven't tried them all, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars amazing tasting, but they're also healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Don't know what to get mom for Mother's Day? Well, most moms I know love Built Bar. Send her a box and you're sure to be her favorite, at least for a while. Until you get her the next box of Built Bars, of course. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Alright, let's tackle some mailbag questions here. i got a few coming in. The first one came from RyeFly29, who asked, After the Bruins lost to the Devils, why? Just why? Well, great question. Ryfly, and I believe there's a couple of things going on there. First, the Bruins playing, you know, second of uh, back-to-back on the road, so there's obviously some fatigue there, perhaps a bit of uh, a letdown after already having uh, clinched a playoff spot. Um, and also, you know, the Devils, they do have some talent on this team. I've been talking about them this season. I expected a bit more from them. Uh, they're 10 points behind Philadelphia and firmly in 7th in the East Division. But I do think they have uh, a bunch of pieces there that could be competitive as early as next season. Um, so, you know, they weren't going to go 80-3 and or whatever over their last six games. And to pick up a point, pick up three or four points in a back-to-back situation on the road at the end of uh, a longer road trip, uh, can't be too mad about that. And, you know, they have uh, had issues with the Devils earlier this season, um, and the fact that they were able to pick up those three points 
you know, overall, I'm pretty okay with it. You would have liked to see them get the win, of course, but alas, this is where we are. Sean Woodley, the head of the NHL network here on Locked On, asks, do you think this year's first round will feel hollow with no opportunity to beat the Leafs in seven? And, you know, I think it might be even more worthwhile to beat the Leafs in seven and deny them a chance to advance to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, We all know the top four teams, or the top teams from each division, will advance to the final four. Uh, It won't be a traditional conference finals. I believe they'll be seeded one to four. And uh, so it's very possible that the Bruins and Leafs could be matched up in uh, in that round if they are to advance. The Leafs probably have theoretically an easier road, seeing as the bottom teams in the North have 57 points compared to the bottom team in the East that has 63 points. If you look top to bottom uh, in each division, the East has the best teams. The Islanders in fourth have a point percentage of 642. Uh, fourth place in the Central, Nashville has a point percentage of 566. In the West, 550, that would be the St. Louis Blues. And in the North, 559. So the strongest teams top to bottom are in the East, uh, separated by very few points. Uh, five points separate the Pittsburgh Penguins in first and the Islanders in fourth. And um, so the Bruins will have a tough road ahead of them to advance out of the East, uh, but it will make it all the more worthwhile to beat the Maple Leafs in uh, that final four round and deny them a chance to get to the Stanley Cup final. I should add the Bruins now four points back of Pittsburgh for first place in the East, but they do have two games in hand. Uh, and two games coming up here against the Rangers, uh, followed by a game against the Islanders, and then closing out against the Washington Capitals. They're two points back of the Capitals, uh, level in games there, one point up on the Islanders with a game in hand there. So it really looks like the Bruins' best chance is to finish second or third. Uh, obviously, it would be ideal to finish at least in second in order to get home ice advantage in the first round Uh, but that's kind of the situation at this point with four games remaining on Boston's schedule the third question comes from uh, at Rab Actual who asks thoughts on Halak tonight do you think this will hinder his chances of remaining the number two between the pipes and uh, ever since I had uh, Casey Ferber on the podcast on Monday they made a great point saying that there's probably a big difference between um, who is the number two starter and who is the backup. And I talked about this as well on the Brews and Bruins podcast, which you can listen to. Uh, forgot to credit Casey for this idea, but they're the one who really brought it, brought it out. So I think that um, there's a possibility that, well, Obviously, the reality is Tuka Rask will be the number one goaltender in the playoffs. And as long as he's healthy and playing well, it probably doesn't matter who the backup is or who the number two is. So he's going to start. But I think when it comes to backing up and starting, I think Halak has a good chance of backing up Tuka Rask, meaning being on the bench, being a veteran voice, 
to lend support to Rask to uh, you know pump up the players on the bench and to come in in a pinch if Rask falters in a game or if you know he needs to be pulled and they need to bring in someone cold off the bench. However, if Rask were to be injured or if um, they decide to give someone else a start, I think it will be Swayman who will be the number two starter, meaning he won't necessarily come off the bench and come in cold into a, his first playoff game, but he'll have a chance to go through his daily routine to start in kind of normal circumstances because I do believe that he is the, um, you know, second best option on the Bruins at the moment. If you look at, you know, the goalie stats, he has a 942 save percentage, albeit only in eight games, small sample size, but still very sparkling numbers. Rask at 919, Halak 905. Um, I really think that, yeah, Jeremy Swayman is the number two option behind Tuka Rask at the moment. Yaroslav Halak could be the backup, meaning the substitute coming in a game cold um, with that experience that he has from years past. But when it comes to uh, if they have to rely on somebody to start for an extended period of time or make a start here or there, I really think it should be Swayman because he's proven to be the better option at this point. So yeah, I think Again, there's a difference to be made here between the backup and the number two starter. Halak should be the backup, uh, but Swayman, I think, should be seen as the number two starter. Thank you for sending in those questions. Every Wednesday, I open up the mailbag here on the podcast, and I always uh, appreciate hearing from you all, so please do send some questions in, not only on Wednesdays, but uh, anytime uh, you have them, and I'll, I'll be sure to answer them as best I can. Investing can be complicated. Whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost indexed funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trading, no picking stocks, no watching the market every day, They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. They're trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA, even UFC and MMA. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, let's finish now with some news and notes from around the NHL. McDavid watch continues. I'm very fascinated with this story. He collected two assists in a 4-1 win over the Canucks. He has a league leading 93 points with five games remaining in the schedule. So very good chance that he eclipses 100 points in this shortened 56-game season, which would be quite remarkable for me. No question, he's the Hart Trophy winner and uh, the best player in the NHL, uh, no doubt. Now, there was some ongoing fallout from the Tom Wilson situation. You recall uh, the other night he was involved in an incident with both Pavel Bichnevich and... Um, Artemi Panarin, uh, where he was wrestling with both, you know, punching them, pulled Panarin down to the ice, uh, helmetless, and started punching on him as well. The Department of Player Safety served Wilson with a $5,000 fine for roughing Buchnevich during Monday's game. And there were quite a few reactions on Twitter, as you can imagine. Some supporting Wilson, saying it's part of the game, but most, um, you know, rightly calling out Wilson's actions and the NHL for not uh, being a bit stronger with their punishment for a guy who has been quite reckless in the past and who clearly has not learned his lesson. Now, the New York Rangers uh, released a very strong statement um, later in the day, and I just wanted to read it to you here. It's very rare for uh, a team to come out and be this outspoken against the league. They said the New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night in Madison Square Garden. Horrifying act of violence, a bit of hyperbole there. I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, still... Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts. That's certainly true. And we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. That I agree with. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by the NHL Head of Player Safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Again, I can't stress how rare it is for an NHL team to come out and be this outspoken against the NHL. It would have been nice if they had done the same thing when uh, defenseman Keandre Miller was subject to uh, you know, racism in uh, Zoom calls uh, from fans and, uh, you know, there was that incident with uh, Tony D'Angelo, uh, but alas, it was cool to see them come out and criticize the NHL for not coming down harder on Tom Wilson. I would expect, ironically, that they'll be fined much heavier than uh, Tom Wilson in this incident, uh, but we'll see how that shakes out here today. Uh, Bettman does not take kindly to uh, public challenges to his authority. And uh, so I'd expect the uh, Rangers for sure to be fined. Now, uh, in Washington, again, Capital Center Evgeny Kuznetsov was added to the COVID-19 protocol list for the second time this season. 
Kuznetsov and Ilya Samsonov didn't dress for Monday's game against the Rangers as a disciplinary measure for missing a team function. Uncertain if he tested positive or broke protocol, uh, but there are questions about Kuznetsov's standing with the Washington Capitals and if he'll be back next season, um, all of which kind of adds perhaps some distraction to the uh, Capitals as they head into the playoffs. And uh, we don't mind that if indeed the Bruins and uh, Capitals will be matched up in, in the first round for sure. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you for the support. Thanks for sending in questions. And, uh, oh, I should mention as well, with regard to the Capitals, Ovechkin unlikely to play against the Rangers tonight. So another wrinkle in their story as um, things not really adding up to a a strong start to the playoffs for, for this team. Anyways, again, please do hit that subscribe button. Each new episode automatically added to your feed. And I'll be back tomorrow to preview uh, tomorrow night's game against the New York Rangers. Hope you're all doing well, taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other. If you need a distraction tonight, I recommend checking out Detectorists on uh, Amazon Prime. It's up here in Canada anyways. A very relaxing uh, and entertaining BBC show featuring uh, Gareth from from The Office, the BBC version. And um, yeah, just going through Parks and Rec once again. I got the new book by uh, Haruki Murakami, who's one of my favorite authors from the library yesterday, a book of short stories. The first one was very good, and I'm excited to dig into the rest there. Uh, so yeah, just do what you need today to take care of yourselves, friends, take care of each other. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.